East Coast Creepin' contains graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast, East Coast Creepin'. I'm Linda. I'm Lorraine. And I'm Leslie. We're three sisters from the Baltimore, Maryland area. There is the fourth sister, and she will be making guest appearances throughout the series. We're obsessed with true crime, paranormal, and laughing. Join us for our weekly outbursts as we dive into crazy stories that full-fledged rep the East Coast. Just so you know, we do not have a background in criminal justice, criminal investigation, medicine, or psychology. This is all just for informative purposes. (sighs) Okay, everyone. This week, first of all, hello, it's me, Lorraine. I am all by myself. And you know, I was a little bit nervous about recording by myself because I was like, "Mm, this is kind of weird. And I'm all by myself and I'm going to have to like fill in my own little awkward silences. But now, now I am like slightly annoyed. Okay, first of all, let's start from the beginning. I'm recording by myself because I am a frontline worker and I caught the vid. So... I am not subjecting my sisters to me, and we attempted to do, like, so if you're on Patreon, you know that we have, like, some videos where we did, like, some questionnaire thing. Anyway, and that audio, like, sounded okay, but then when I went to, like, kind of put it in here to potentially do, like, an audio file, whatever, it sounded weird, and I didn't really want to do that for this episode. Now, I'm by myself, because I was like, fine, whatever. I'll just do this episode by myself. As I am getting ready to record, nothing is working. And thank Jesus my sisters weren't here because I would have been getting like all kinds of hell from them about like, it's not working. What did you do? So thank you, Larry, because I called him. It is kind of late at night. And I'm harassing him while he's with his family because that's what friends do. And he's all like, Lorraine, didn't you do that thing that I told you to do? And I'm like, "Mm, but did you remind me to do it? (laughs) So it's working now and I'm happy. So here I am by myself talking to you guys. And I'm pretty sure my husband is sitting in the living room like, yep, she's talking to herself again, but that's okay. So here I am with my Arnold Palmer and you guys. And I turned on my candle. So it's like Linda was here. I didn't bless it. So there's no bad juju going on. But so today I'm all by myself. And yeah, I'm feeling better. Thank you for everyone who reached out and was like, how are you feeling? Oh my gosh. Because like, you know, social media, I'm feeling a butt ton better. I don't sound like a sex phone operator anymore even though that was a lot of fun. (laughs) But okay. So today we are going to get into some stuff that I like. And because my sisters aren't here, I am doing whatever I want. Are we surprised? No, not at all. Also, I laugh at my own jokes, everybody. So hmm, be prepared for that. So something that you guys don't entirely know about me, but I guess you've kind of potentially figured out is I'm obsessed with history. So really in school, I hated history until my, I guess it was like my junior year or whatever. I had like an AP 
world history class and my teacher he did it just like a college course like it was like all outlines you just write this down you highlight this you do that and it was just like every once in a while we would watch like a clip of something but I fell in love and I don't know why maybe it was from the outlines because that's how I do all my notes for here anyway doesn't matter so one of the periods that I am like obsessed with in a weird way is World War II and this is kind of like I wouldn't say it's necessarily a conspiracy theory sort of and I'm also really into conspiracy theories I like reading about them and kind of like figuring things out and I don't know Leslie doesn't like when I do these things because she's just like oh god here we go again but guess what she's not here to stop me (laughs) so today I'm going to read you guys this thing that I found out, it is, oh, Jesus, of course I exited out of it during all that shenanigans. So it's this thing that I found, and it happened during World War II. Mind you, seriously, I was so excited for this. Not really, because it's kind of creepy, like completely creepy. Nah, yeah, that's the point. Okay, how do I do this? How do I do this, you guys? Uh, here we go. So apparently, during the 1940s, there was this sleep experiment that was done. And like, we're going to get into it. I'm going to talk a little bit about it. But I'm going to like read you guys this thing. Because it's kind of like in a story thing. And I figured since I'm by myself, I would just read you. Not really read it to you. I'm going to tell it to you. Because we all know my English is great when it comes to just reading straight off of a paper. So here we go. This is taking place in kind of like the mid-1940s is where like a lot of the files are coming from. And this happens in Russia. Yes, I know we're East Coast creeping, but my sisters aren't here. So I'm doing what I want. And they can't stop me. Because what are they going to do? Tell me I can't air this? No. Anyway, so we're in the late 1940s, mid, late, whatever. And we're in Russia. And so at this point, it's like... World War II, things kind of calmed down from World War II, sort of, not really, but anyway. And in Russia, they had some prisoners of war. And one of the things that was said is like they were doing experimentations on prisoners of war. So one of the big things that they wanted to do was kind of see like how long people could go without sleep because ending like they're in world war ii ending world war ii when this experiment started and they kind of just wanted to figure out like okay like if you know a little bit about world war ii like you would know that um the nazis they did a lot of drugs well not a lot they did drugs in order to kind of just keep up their stamina and kind of keep going which was one of the big things with them and a lot of them became addicted to it so the russians were kind of like well we want to do our experiment to like see like how do we get these people to be sleep deprived but still be effective soldiers so who better to test these things on than prisoners of war trust me guys this gets really weird really weird they have five people they're all prisoners of war And they're all from different countries, I think, for the most part. From what I've read, they seem like they're from different countries because they don't totally understand each other. I'm not sure where they came from, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Anyway, 
their experiment was to try and keep these five people awake for 15 days. And they weren't giving them pills or anything, like any ways that the Nazis or would do it. They were going to do it through a gas-based stimulant. They kept them in like this weird underground chamber. Like if you watch, oh my God, I can't think of that Netflix show I watch all the time, Stranger Things. <laughs> if you watch Stranger Things, kind of think like that, like where they kept Eleven and how it was just like this weird underground bunker underneath of like this legit science place. That's kind of what the feels that I'm getting from this. So they kept them in the sealed environment and they would carefully monitor all of the prisoners. They made sure that their oxygen intake was enough so that they didn't die from the gas because it was like a high concentration, but it wasn't technically like a toxin. But anyway, we're getting there. They didn't have like CCTVs in this room. They only had microphones in here. They had a microphone and then a speaker. So like they could hear what was happening in the room and they could talk to them if they needed to. But for the most part, it was just to hear what they were doing. In the room, they had some little portholes. They weren't big windows. They were just little portholes and they had five inch thick glass. So besides having the microphones they could look into those portholes in order to see what these prisoners were doing during these 15 days they had books in there they had cots for them to sleep on but they didn't have bedding they had running water and a toilet and they had enough dry food to last all five of them over a month because what they wanted to do was just they wanted to make sure that they had enough to keep them going because of course this experiment and like they need their subjects to have that potential to keep going. So they're doing this test. They're five days in and everything's totally fine. The prisoners are kind of like, okay, well, we're not sleeping and this sort of sucks, but, you know, we're prisoners of war and I guess we have a little bit of accommodations, but not really. I mean, it, they're prisoners of war. So this shit sucks. And from what the researchers could tell is the subjects hardly complained having being promised that they would be freed after they were subjected to this testing and didn't sleep for 30 days. So what they did, obviously, from what I said is they would like told them like, okay, like we understand you're prisoners of war and you want to go home. So we're going to do this sleep test on you. And then once we finish this sleep test, you guys get to go home scot-free. Nothing's going to happen to you. So they're like, okay, sure, fine. Which is why they gave them those like mediocre accommodations Everything's being monitored, all their activities, all their conversations. As the people are listening in, as the scientists and the generals are listening in, they notice that their conversations kind of start talking about increasingly more traumatic incidents in their past. Their tone of conversation kept getting like darker, and especially around the fourth day after five days so I guess it was like day five to day six they started to complain about all of the circumstances and the events that led them to where they are now and they started some of them started to have severe paranoia so you're like you know if you are having sleep deprivation and they're always like okay well you need to get some sleep because you start kind of getting like that paranoid kind of feeling because you're sleep deprived and you don't really know and your mind's hallucinating at this point they stopped talking to each other. 
this is where it gets so creepy because like, oh, anyway. So they stopped talking to each other and they began to like, they knew where the microphones were. So one by one and like alternately, really, they would start whispering into the microphones or they would start looking into the portal, the portholes because they were like one way mirrors. On the other side, you could see in, but they couldn't see you. You know how that goes. One of the things that they were trying to do is they were trying to like gain the trust of the people who were doing the experiments on them by turning on the people that were also the subjects. So at first, everyone was like, okay, I guess this is the gas that's doing it to them. But sure i mean sleep deprivation you start kind of getting paranoid and you start turning on the people around you and like they were just trying to kind of like throw them under the bus with things but at the same time it's like we're all here under the same circumstances like but they're sleep deprived okay just give them a second anyway after nine days okay me personally i don't know how this how they could even do this because i feel like there was one point oh yeah I did do this because it was like how Leslie and Linda were like an awake stay. I did this with my friend because they were like across the country at this point. And we were like, yeah, we're going to stay awake and we're going to stay on the phone all day. All day. It's going to be awesome. I was stupid. Okay. And we like drank Monster and I probably stayed awake for maybe 48 hours and then I crashed for like 12. So I couldn't do nine days with no sleep. I like sleeping. After nine days, one of the guys just started screaming like ear piercing screaming he's running the length of this room he's yelling at the top of his lungs for three hours he kept screaming and like i guess i mean i don't know if you guys ever been to a concert but screaming that long your voice is gonna go so after those three hours he's still running around and he's trying to scream but like the researchers can hear it and it just sounds like occasionally he would like make this squealing noise and from what the researchers figured out he probably tore his vocal cords what they were more surprised about was how the other captives reacted to it or their lack of reaction because no one did anything. They were still whispering into the microphone and they're still doing that little thing where they're trying to turn on each other. But this guy is in the background screaming for three hours and they're just like, yeah, this guy's crazy, but I don't care. And I'm just like, what? Oh my God, like reading these things, ew. So they continue to do all of this, this whispering into the microphones. And then a second captive started screaming, doing the same thing. And they're just like, okay, this is getting a little weird. <laughs> and then two of the not of two of the people who weren't screaming, they just grabbed some of the books and started tearing them apart, just page by page, tearing them apart because they had the running water and they had the toilet. So this next part is just like, what? Why did this even happen? Like, I don't, I don't know. But then again, they're like nine, nine days deep into this 30 day no sleep thing. So who knows what I would do with nine days no sleep. They are like ripping these pages out book by like ripping these books apart page by page, right? And then they pick up their own feces, 
with these papers, right? And they start like smearing it between the pages. And then just like calmly, like they're looking through the porthole, like the scientists are looking through the portholes. And these guys are just totally calm. They're just ripping the pages apart, smearing it, and then just putting it over the porthole glass so they can't see into it. If you guys don't remember, they have no CCTVs. The porthole is the only way that they're seeing these prisoners. So it's like, what the hell? After all of this, like once they said it was like instantly, once the last guy put the paper on the porthole, all of the screaming stopped and there was no more whispering in the microphones for three days. As all of this is going on, it's three days and there is literally nothing. There's no sound on any of the mics. They can't really pick up any sound of movement. They're like, okay, this is, this is weird to say the least. It's, it's weird. As they are monitoring, cause like how I said earlier, they are monitoring like the oxygen intake in this cell room thing. They can see that, you know, the oxygen being used in this room, the levels, it's what five people would normally consume like in this daily period or hourly, however they're monitoring it, it was actually a little bit more. It was almost to the point like they were doing vigorous activity during these, like during certain spouts of time. So it was like, okay, we know they're alive. They're just not talking. So what's happening? And like, they can't see into the room because they put the paper on the windows, on the portholes. So they're like, oh this is a little weird on the 14th day they were like okay we've got to do something about this like the researchers they said they no matter what they did they couldn't get a reaction from the captives like they used the intercom system they were trying to get them to like i guess communicate with them through the microphones like they were asking them questions you know just trying to do anything to kind of get a response out of them to make sure that they were still alive because they were like okay we're afraid they're dead but we can see their alcohol their alcohol jesus christ (laughs) their oxygen consumption like it's there so either they're dead which obviously they're not or they're like vegetables on the ground this is quoting okay so the guy who's running the experiment was like okay we're going to go in there and we're going to make sure that they're okay, like flat out, because this is, I don't know what's happening. So they announced over the microphone, this is a quote, we're opening the chamber to test the microphones, step away from the door and lie flat on the floor, or you will be shot. Compliance will earn one of you your immediate freedom. I mean, I'm fine with that. If I, you know, I'd want to go home anyway. In the microphone, they hear a very calm voice, and it just says, we no longer want to be freed. At this point, they're like, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, oh my God. So they're like, okay, well, what do we do? Like, we've only had one response, and we told them that they're going to be freed, and they're like, nah, brah, I don't want to be out of here. So they're like, okay, well what do we do? Like, we got this military-funded research, and we can't get any more response out of them to, like, do something. Like, we can't... All they say is they don't want to be freed. So, 
on the 15th day, it was midnight on the 15th day, they were like, screw it, we're opening the chamber. In order for them to get in the chamber, they had to flush the chamber of all that stimulant gas that was in the air and put in fresh air. But granted, like the military people and the researchers are going to go in there with like their hazmat suits on, but they still like, they just wanted to flush it out so it doesn't get out of the room. Makes sense. As they are doing this and they're filling the chamber with fresh air, three different voices start coming through the microphone, screaming and begging for them to be turn the gas back on. They don't know, like, I guess they don't know technically what's happening, but they're just like screaming, like saying like, you need to put it back on. You need to do like whatever you were doing. You need to keep it like we need it. And it's just like, what? It's like they became addicted to the gas. I don't know. Whew. I mean, the heebie-jeebies. Oh my God, this, this is so creepy. And they began to scream louder and louder. And they were like, nope, we're going there and we're going to ret- retrieve the test subjects because like this is what we have to do. So the soldiers and a couple scientists get into the room. Four of the five subjects were still alive. The food rations for the past five days had not been touched. There were chunks of meat all over the floor and they realized that it was from the fifth guy, he was dead, and it was chunks of his thigh, pieces of his chest, and they stuffed it into the drain in the middle of the chamber. So it was blocking the chamber, like the drain, And there was four inches of water on the floor because the drain, it wasn't draining. Oh my God. So the four subjects, as they're looking at them, they're like, what the fuck is happening right now? They had pieces of their skin. Like it was like they were picking at themselves and they tore pieces of their skin off. And some of them even had large portions of muscle. And it was like, it was to the point where like, they were picking at themselves and they could see on their fingertips like from just how the people were sitting there laying there and screaming that like these wounds were inflicted by their hands like they were picking at themselves with their hands like they never once like there's no teeth mark on the guy it's all by hands and so they're just like okay they're attacking each other this is not good like sleep deprivation what like it should not be doing this to them like they shouldn't really be attacking each other but as they looked further into this examining all of the people they weren't attacking each other they were self-inflicted wounds they noticed that the abdominal organs below the rib cage of all four test subjects had been removed the heart lungs and diaphragm were all in the same place The skin and most of the muscles attached to the ribs had been ripped off, exposing their lungs through the rib cage. All of their blood vessels and organs remained intact, intact, sorry. And they had taken out and laid on the floor and it was like fanning around them. Their intestinal tracts, like you could tell that like, so they opened it and like it was just laying out around them, but like they didn't go in and like rip it out so then it's not attached like they just kind of went into themselves and laid it out and so they're like you can see that there's still food being processed in their intestines and oh my god and they realized that 
instead of eating those rations for those five days, they were eating themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And like, this is, this is legit, you guys. Like, I am reading to you what I am, I am reading what I am reading. So most of these soldiers that were in this facility that went into the room, they are Russian special ops soldiers and they freaking left and they were like, no, I am not going in there. I am not going back in there. Like, I'm not, you cannot make me do this. Like, this is what they observed from just like going in there with those scientists real quick because they were going to try and get everyone out and figure out what's going on. And they continued, like the patients are just screaming. I guess I wouldn't call them patients. The prisoners are just screaming, like, turn whatever back on. We don't want to leave. We want to stay here. Come on, like, turn the gas back on. Like, we don't want to fall asleep. So while they're trying to remove them, they're fighting these soldiers like their body parts are outside of their like their insides are on the outside okay this is like the inside out kid from like that swing thing you know what i'm talking about anyway during all of this with all of the fighting one of the russian soldiers actually died because one of the subjects ripped his throat out literally ripped his throat out and then another one was injured because one of the guys one of the subjects ripped off his testicles by biting him and he also went for the artery in his thigh yep yep and so he was like bleeding out so he was injured and the other guy got his throat ripped out so at this point there's one dead person in the room there's a dead soldier there's an injured soldier well i mean i guess they're all soldiers but you know what i mean and so five of the Russian special operative soldiers, it said that after this, how they went into the room and everything with the scientists, it is reported that five of those soldiers actually um, committed suicide following this incident. Yeah, like just being exposed to all of that and the trauma that it inflicted on them. So one of the subjects, so one of the prisoners of war during this whole struggle I guess, to get them out of the room Um, because everything's kind of inside out at this point. His uh, spleen actually ruptured and he almost bled out immediately. And one of the researchers who was there was attempting to like sedate him, but he couldn't. And they said that he was injected with 10 times the human, like a human dose of morphine. Like, I don't know if it was exactly morphine, but it was like it was sort of like a morphine derivative. I'm not sure. And they're like, he still was fighting us. Like we injected him with all of this sedative. He broke one of the doctor's ribs and their arm. He basically, he didn't basically, he did. He bled out the subject. He bled out from his spleen rupturing and just all the fighting. And they said that even after the point where like basically on anyone else, like you're going to bleed out and your whole system is going to stop. And they said that they could still see his heart beating for two minutes past the fact that he bled out. Even after his heart stopped beating, they said he was still screaming and he was still flailing around and like struggling to reach for people. And he kept screaming the word more. And he just, they could say that you could see him getting weaker. And even in his screaming, you could hear it getting quieter until everything just went silent from him. 
the other three subjects were heavily restrained and they were moved to medical facility. Only two of them had intact vocal cords. So one of them was the guy who was running around for those three hours, those two or three hours, just screaming at the top of his lungs. So he couldn't talk anymore. But the other two that could talk just kept begging and begging and begging the medical professionals at this facility to like, we need that gas. We don't want to go to sleep. We need to stay awake. The most injured of the three was taken to a surgical operating room on the facility and they were preparing him to put his organs back into his body. But just like the other guy, how they tried to sedate him with the morphine, they're trying to put him under just so they can do the surgery and it wouldn't work. He was basically, they said it was basically like he was immune to the sedative and he fought the entire time against his restraint. He fought against the anesthetic, like the anesthesia gas that they put on him. They said he ripped off the leather restraints that they had on him. They tried putting him under and the moment that they finally got him to a spot where they put him under, his eyelids closed and he died. He just instantly died. Like his heart stopped. They did an autopsy on him. It was found that his blood had three times the normal level of oxygen and his muscles that were still attached to his skeleton were badly torn. He had nine broken bones. Most of them were from, they said it wasn't even like from him fighting people, but it was just like from the force of his own muscles. Like, I don't know, like I've kind of looked into it being as like the weird medical field chick and like, I don't like, how does that even happen? Like from your muscles contracting and like moving so much that they actually break your own bones. I don't know, you guys. I don't know. This I'm telling you, just reading through all this stuff, it creeps me out. The second person, so as you guys remember, the first one, he's dead. The second one, he died on the operating table. So the first one died in the room. Second one died on the operating table. Oh, I can't remember. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so the second survivor had been Oh, right, right, right. Okay. So the second survivor is the first in the group to start screaming. So his vocal cords are completely destroyed. He couldn't say anything. And they said he was all the time. He was just kept shaking his head. No, when they were trying to put the gas on him, he was trying to pull at it. They were like, okay, well, we don't want him to die. So let's see. Like, I don't, I don't even know where this thinking, this logic came from. So they're going to do the same surgery to him to put everything back into him and someone suggested to do the surgery without the anesthetic and he said yes um what what and they went with it i mean what okay i don't know i don't know you guys i don't know and so this entire procedure is six hours. It took them six hours to replace his organs. And they like tried using his skin and attempted to kind of figure out how like to skin graft this thing. But this entire thing took six hours. Like even the surgeon who was doing this was like, no, I'm not doing this. And the military was just like, no, you're doing it. We're paying you to do this. If you don't do it, we're going to kill you. I mean, shit. The thing that freaked the surgeon out the most was one, dude should be dead 
because of the way his organs are outside of his body. Two, if that didn't kill him, he should be dead from just like your adrenaline rushing, from being in all that pain, from having surgery and being away from it. Like, I don't know if any of you have ever like broke anything or anything, but that adrenaline rush, it can literally give you a heart attack. But okay, anyway, one of the nurses that was assisting in the surgery, she said that when she was monitoring the patient during the surgery, she could tell that the patient was smiling. He would make like eye contact with her during the surgery. And when the surgery ended, the subject, the the prisoner looked at the surgeon and he started to, he was like wheezing and he was trying to talk to the surgeon, but like he freaked up his vocal cords, he can't talk. And so like the surgery is basically over, they're just like, okay, well, he can't talk to us. We need to figure out what he's trying to say. Maybe he's in pain. Maybe something happened. So they went and the nurse grabbed a piece of paper and a pen and he wrote, keep cutting on the paper. And the other two, they had the same surgery without the anesthesia, but they did give them like a paralytic injection so they wouldn't move because they keep they kept laughing during their surgery the last two were laughing i don't know it's like i don't like i can't even think i can't even think well because it's like so creepy so the last two were laughing during the surgery but the doctor gave them that the paralyzing agent so then they wouldn't laugh during the surgery because he said it was really distracting and the way that they kept moving while they were laughing but once they were paralyzed they were like following the doctor and the nurses with their eyes once everything was done and they weren't paralyzed they were like trying to get out of their restraints and they're asking for the gas again and the researchers are trying to ask them like why did you do this to yourself like you ripped out your you literally ripped out your insides and you put them on the outside and you're asking for this gas like what is going on they both just kept saying i must remain awake and i'm just like no so all three of them all three subjects are in restraints they were reinforced in the restraints and they were placed back into the chamber because they were like okay well we don't know what to do with them and the military is like freaking out on us because they're like excuse me um how is your research going what is going on and they're like um you guys what do we tell them? Like, these are former KGB agents, and this is the Russian military. And um, mm, what do we do? <laughs> so they wanted to see what would happen when they put the gas back on. All of the guys are like, no, and no, and no, 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 no. And they're just like, no, we're doing it. Like, they keep asking for it. And I mean, this is what our study's about. So why not? So they turned the gas back on, sealed the chamber, of course, before. And they had them connected to heart monitors. And they had, like, their restraints. I don't know. I don't know, you guys. But the moment the gas was turned back on, all struggling stopped. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it seems like... From what the research says, it seems like they were trying their hardest in order to stay awake. So that's why they were struggling because they didn't want to fall asleep. So once the gas was back on, they didn't have to put up the struggle. One of the subjects who could speak started humming really loudly and just continuously, like the entire time. He was just humming. 
he was just something at this point i don't even know what day we're at i'm just like freaking out over here and the mutes the guy who couldn't talk anymore they said that the guy who couldn't talk was trying to like get his legs out of the restraints like first he was messing with the left one and then he would mess with his right one and then like it just kept going back and forth like that and they're like okay mm, what is he doing like he was just trying and it was to them it seemed very calculated but i'm like if i try with one leg and i can't get it and i'm gonna go to the other one and i'm be like mm, i only have two legs so i guess i'm going back to the other one i don't know they said the third guy just kept holding his head up off the pillow and just blinking just like blinking the entire time they have these heart monitors wired to these patients to the prisoners they also apparently had wires connected to them for like the brain activity they said that all of their brain activity was completely normal but sometimes it would flatline and it was like he was brain dead from the way that the activity flatlined but then it went back to a normal brain wave yep so as they're watching the guy who keeps lifting his head up and up and down so they're like when his head is up you can tell that like his brain activity is normal and everything but when he lays his head on the pillow it flatlines but then he jumps back up and they said he did this a couple of times and then the last time he put his head down at the exact same time his heart and his brain activity stopped yeah mm-hmm this is the last one so somewhere in all this there's only one person left so out of all the subjects there's only one i don't know what happened to the mute guy i'm assuming he just died because at this point they're like there's only one guy left and he can talk and the mute guy couldn't talk because he yeah okay shut up you guys <laughs> like i can see my sister's judging me right now okay i get it i get it the only remaining subject could speak right right he starts screaming at the top of his lungs because they are back in this chamber and he starts screaming to be sealed in and they have this like that cap i don't know you guys have seen those shows anyway whatever but they like had the cap so they could monitor his brain waves and they had the like the heart monitor whatever and they said that it looked like the same as the other guy with the pillow like whenever he would lay his head down he would kind of flatline but then he'd like s jump back up so then he wouldn't die oh wait so there is so they're in this room and like they have the researchers in there because apparently three researchers are in there but they're with like their hazmat suits and their oxygen tanks whatever they have the gas on and then there's two guys left they have the mute guy and then they have the other guy who is not mute okay the other guy died the commander of this entire operation because apparently it is not a scientist it is just some military dude who has absolutely no knowledge of what whatever you we all know how these military funded things go and it's wonderful he tells them to seal the chamber with the two subjects inside and the three science researchers one of the science researchers loses his shit he draws his gun and he shot the commander point blank right between the eyes because dude was in there and he was one of the science oh, i guess he was a scientist anyway <laughs> he was one of the scientists in the room and he's like telling them to seal them in there so he shoots him point blank right because he's like no bro i am not being stuck in here 
And then he turns to the mute subject, so the guy who like blew out his own vocal cords, kills him. He pointed the gun at the remaining subject, like at the remaining prisoner. Everyone else left the room. The dude is still restrained to the bed and everyone else just like leaves the room. And the guy who has the gun is like, I won't be locked in here with these things. I'm not being locked in with here, in here with you. What are you? I have to know what's going on. What the hell is happening? The subject sits up as good as he can, I guess. He looks at him and he smiles at him and says, have you forgotten so easily? We are you. We are the madness that lurks within you all begging to be free at every moment in your deepest animal mind. We are what you hide from in your beds every night. We are what you sedate into silence and paralyze when you go to the nocturnal heaven where we cannot tread. And with that, the guy was just like, nope. And he shot the guy in the heart. And the subject just said, so nearly free. And that was it. That was it. And like, I've looked everywhere for additional research and it's just like, oh, what the heck is happening? And they have like, I don't know. There are some things where it's like, they have pictures of these people, but like looking into a camera, but it was like they said they didn't have like CCTV, but I guess like they left like some kind of recording device. Cause I mean, they did have like video cameras and stuff back then. And like, you can see them looking into those cameras and it's just like their eyes are so sunken back into their face and they're just like looking into these, like it's like, and they're just so emaciated guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, that was my story for this week. And Leslie's probably going to hate me. Yeah, I'm not telling you guys really any more about this. If you want to know more about this, you can look in the show notes. There will be a link to my resources for my research. And this is what I'm doing. I'm alone. I give myself the heebie-jeebies and everyone knows this. So thank you guys for listening to me ramble on. Hopefully this is an okay episode. It's kind of just like I had the vid, couldn't hang out with my sisters. So you're going to listen to some stuff that I read on my own time. And I'm not doing a missing persons today because this is from Russia. And I mean, like I could, but I don't know. I kind of thought about doing like a missing persons update, but then look, I've been sick. You guys just give me a break. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah. So have a wonderful first week of February. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, like, share us to your friends, your family, whoever. As you guys can tell, I did not cuss nearly as much to this episode. Hmm? Hmm? So now my uncle can let my aunt listen to this because she's like, I can't listen to this because Lorraine's always cussing. Blah, 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 blah. I didn't. I didn't today. I mean, I did, but not as much. <laughs> and... <laughs> So yeah, rate, review, follow at ECC the podcast. We're on Facebook, Instagram. We have our website, which is eccthepodcast.com. We do have a secret page that is hidden on there. And if you find that page, screenshot it, take a picture of it, whatever, send it to Linda Leslie or I privately, and you guys will get a cool special gift from us. And I'm adding more content to Patreon. What else? 
what else? I don't know. But anyway, have a good week, you guys. Hopefully you liked my story research thing. Don't have nightmares. And remember, sleep is good for you. I like sleep. Don't go without sleep. Okay? If you're an insomniac like I was for one point because of a medication, that wasn't fun. It wasn't fun. So, you know, yeah. Try and get that handled. Mental health is a big, a big thing. But anyway, <laughs> have a good week, you guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to East Coast Creepin'. Cover art by Leslie Lozano. Music from Premium Beat. Editing by Larry Bark at Revitalist Recording Studio. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at ECC The Podcast. Don't forget to rate and review. See ya!